This podcast is part of the Robots Radio Rocket Club, a program designed to help all podcasts reach their full potential. For information about joining the Robots Radio Rocket Club, check out robotsradio.net. Welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we'll be reading through all four books in the Inheritance Cycle series, chapter-by-chapter, page-by-page. We'll also offer our own insights, theories, and first impressions of the wonderful world of Allegasia. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart. Hello and welcome to the Inheritance Cycle page-by-page podcast, where we talk about the Inheritance Cycle or the Aragon books page-by-page and chapter-by-chapter. I am one of your hosts, Austin, also known as Teacup. And I'm your other host, Shelby or Sheikup. And before we get started, I just want to remind you to please like and review us on Apple or Spotify. It really helps the podcast out. If you leave us five stars and some words, we will read it out on a future episode of the show. And I believe we have another one to read today. We do. This one comes from Alfie O on Spotify, and they said, brilliant analysis. You guys have a really broad knowledge of literary and religious symbolism, and it's a brilliant new perspective for me. Thank you so much for leaving us that awesome review. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, well, let's get into it. So today we are talking about The Shadows Lengthen, which is not as in-depth of a chapter as the one before it, which is kind of a refreshing breather a little bit. So Aragon is awoken by a dwarf summoning him to see Ajahad. Aragon soon learns of an army of Urgle that's on its way to Tronjim, using the tunnels underneath the city to navigate. They could not have known about the invasion because of the amount of tunnels that existed had not been used for years. So basically, there's not enough dwarfs to patrol the tunnels to keep up with that. Uh, So they plan to collapse the tunnels, sending all the magic users and other dwarfs to um, collapse the tunnels. And so Aragorn uses his magic to do so. And the work is exhausting. And so as he's preparing, he goes to rest and prepare for the battle. Rothgar gifts him with dragon armor for Saphira and Orc gives him his own set of armor. Um, and so they're preparing for the battle. Murtag arrives, showing that he will also participate in the battle. And Ajahad basically is his test for his loyalty is to serve into this battle. Aragon asks that he meld his mind with or Ajahad asks Aragon to meld his mind with the twins, which he is not happy about, but he understands the need of being able to communicate. Arya arrives at battle as well, uh, and Aragon says to her, like, aren't you going to go where the women and children are going? And Arya is basically, she doesn't say this, but she's like, "I w- our women fight when in reality, like, dude, she kicked your butt in the sword fighting. Like, of course she's going to fight. And so they begin to wait in the night before battle begins. And that's the end of the chapter. Yeah, Aragorn's kind of a dumbass in this chapter, um, or at least in that interaction with Arya. But we can get into it later. Um, <laughs> so basically, this chapter starts with Safira like, kicking, nudging Aragorn with her face and bruising him. And she's like, you have to wake up immediately. 
And well, you know, it's going to be bad when that happens. So basically Ajahad is summoned Aragon and they, he has to go and they learn there's a lot of people there. Um, and they learn that, well, like you said, the Urgles are coming and they're coming via tunnels underground. And it's also interesting that they even got this much notice to me that they're like getting a whole full day to prepare. Um, it's kind of surprising to me that they got that much notice. Yeah. Um, I think it's really kind of just lucky. Um, I think if Aragon hadn't shown up and brought attention to Urgles and they had found that note on those Urgles that were chasing Aragon, they Urgles would have just shown up out of nowhere and they would have been caught completely unprepared. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it was so interesting to me that the place that these Urgles have like congregated and have, have become their kind of capital or whatever is on almost the other side of the country. Like it's down by Serta, which is the like one country that Galbatorix hasn't taken over, right? I just find it interesting how if they win this fight, their location, their home base or whatever is going to position them to take over that country too. Right. Yeah. And it's kind of the importance that Ajahad kind of like puts on that. It's like, this will define if we survive. Um, it's kind of very similar to the way that the Battle of Yavin in episode four is set up. Like, Yes, there are other rebel cells, but if the Empire succeeds in destroying the rebel base on Yavin, then the rebellion is over before it could even begin. And I think that's kind of the similar situation we are here. Yeah. So um, the rest of this chapter is basically just spent preparing um, for the battle, for the coming war almost that's happening. Um, and at the beginning, Aragon and Arya are like, basically just collapsing extra tunnels that they want to drive the Urgles to one central point. And so Aragon finds it difficult, but he eventually figures out how to do it. Um, but as the armies are preparing, we find out what the Vardens like banner, what their symbol is. And I think it's really interesting. So the Varden symbol is a white dragon holding a rose above a downward pointing sword all on a purple field. Yeah. I feel like we have not been introduced to any of that symbolism or imagery thus far in the book, except for maybe the dragon. Um, yeah, I think that is very, very true. Um, I would love to get into the deep analysis of that symbolism <laughs> and what it represents, but I cannot. Yeah, no, I figured. I just wanted to call it out. Um, but it is, it's very much kind of a symbol of like the time that was before and the establishment mm -hmm. of the writers and what existed before Galbatorix did his purge of the writers, similar to how the rebel symbol is reminiscent of the jedi symbol in star wars mm -hmm. and i know i'm complaining yeah. comparing a lot to star wars but it's on my brain today so sure 
So the next thing that I wanted to talk about, like as they're making these preparations, um, the king has a very nice set of armor that he gifts to Safira and Aragon. Um, that it's a very, very generous gift. And I don't know if Aragon fully appreciates how generous it is, but it was hilarious. Like I laughed out loud. Um at the conversation that Aragon and Safira have when she tries on the armor, because Safira says, how do I look? And Aragon says, very intimidating. And then it says, Aragon replied truthfully. And then Safira says, or thinks that pleased her. <laughs> and it just like, it just made me cackle. Yeah. Safira. She, uh, how do I look? Very intimidating. Good. Yeah, exactly. It's a real statement to like make a dragon look more intimidating. That's that's true. Mm -hmm. Um, But the end of this chapter is just kind of like, okay, they finished preparations and they're waiting. And that's when we have this little quip from Aragon where he's like, oh, I wish Arya had gone with the women. And again, it's like, why? Why do you think that she can do less than you can? I don't know. I have found, and and maybe this will continue on throughout the series, but I feel like Paolini has this annoying habit of ending, like having a really great chapter full of lots of character development, full of important lore and actions and story and things that drive the story forward and then at the end of the chapter he has just like a sentence or a short story or a short scene where it's like oh but the character is going to act like they did 18 chapters ago and it's like what can we not move on can you not be annoying for once i mean it shows i think he writes I, oh, I'm sorry. I, I think that he just writes these characters and that makes them human, that they can move forward, but also still somehow be stuck where they were. And yeah, that's a fair point. I also think that it kind of shows that. I think it shows Polini's age when he did write this in that like, oh, this is how men react to women. And maybe not fully taking in the experiences or the conversations that Aragon has had. Yeah, I definitely think this these scenes with Arya that we're kind of talking about are maybe implicit things that Paolini grew up learning or just kind of absorbed from our culture that he didn't really fully evaluate as he was writing this as a teenager and that's not I'm not necessarily like criticizing him for that because you don't know what you don't know um and when you're 15 you most 15 year olds most 17 year olds they've never thought about implicit biases before and so I think that that is just something that kind of made its way into this book so I would be interested to ask him like Hey, do you regret adding this? Do you would you do it differently now? Yeah, definitely. And I think that to kind of echo your statement about like not really like criticizing him for this because I do think it's not that out of character for Aragon. Like it doesn't make 
the story doesn't make not make sense or like say like oh so Aragon doesn't have any character development because here he is back again it's just like these little things of like oh you haven't quite gotten that you're in a different world and the rules that you grew up with don't apply anymore yeah I absolutely don't think it's character breaking because I can imagine Aragon doing this um but to do it again and to do it this often is kind of, I think, what brings it out of character for me. Because I feel like Aragon is a character who, once he learns a lesson, at least like a really important one, like he's not constantly making those mistakes again. Um, he is a dumbass sometimes and like he does do stupid things, but he's not making the same mistakes over and over and over again. Right. And yeah, I just think it's interesting. Um, it is annoying. And I remember even reading it as a 12 year old and being like, of course, she's going to fight like. They can get, she kicked your butt, she's going to fight. But I think it's also to remember, like, if we want to put this in time wise, this book and I read it around the time that, you know, I was watching the two towers and then i think i read this book in fourth grade and then my fifth grade year return of the king came out and you know the movie the movie yes the movie not the book um i was like um no it did not yeah so when i was in fifth grade the movie of the return of the king came out and i just remember sitting there i was like oh of course like you're going to have this woman who can fight because there are women who fight in the Lord of the Rings and this is a fantasy series. And so that's real. Mm, yeah. But I don't want us to, you know, spend all day on this because I do think it is a minor uh, thing at the end of the day. So let's move into my predictions. All right. So I think there's, I have two things. The first one is that I think this battle is going to be devastating for the Varden. Um, and then I think the second thing is that I think that the shade is going to come back because they mentioned him either this chapter or last chapter, like in passing. And so I think, I think Durza is going to come back. And I do think, I don't know. I don't know. I've been going back and forth. I think my, my money is on Arya. Like I think Arya would be the one to kill him. Cause she, I think is just better than Aragon, but I also think that it could be Aragon as well. So between the two of them, one of them, it's going to be the one to kill Durza. Oh, interesting predictions. I can't. Did you have trouble not wanting to read ahead? Well, I guess you read all these chapters well, kind of in one sitting. Yeah, it was hard because I did it over several days. And so just I want to finish. Yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got. Thank you all for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Thank you for listening to the Inheritance Cycle page by page podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Inheritance Page or email us at inheritancepage at gmail.com. Make sure you join us on Discord in the Cups podcasting and more. All links are in the episode description. May good fortune rule over you, may the stars watch over you, and may peace live in your heart.